Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live this holiday week. Uh, My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and questions. We're live today. You know, the show is always live on Grace FM, uh, unless you hear a notice before the show that says it's an encore presentation. It's always live, taking your calls and questions, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Now, of course, you guys listening in California, uh, listening in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, uh, Maryland, uh, listening in in Tennessee, North Carolina, Kentucky, um, that's when you're going to hear it one week delayed. But here's the deal. You can call in during the show, speak live to the host, and you just won't hear it on the radio for a week later, but you'll have the question. It'll be answered right there. And this is the show where we take your calls and questions. We open the Bible together. We pray together. We encourage one another in the Lord together. Uh, We invite people to church. Tonight is our midweek Bible study at Calvary in Aurora. And of course, if you're listening anywhere in the world, you can watch us online, 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, calvaryaurora.org, or download our free app. Uh, Thousands upon thousands of downloads have happened uh, from our app. Just go to your app store, whatever it is, Google or Apple, and put in the words Calvary Aurora, and our free apps will pop up, and that'll give you access to Grace FM as well. Uh, and everything related to our church. We also have it up uh, on our Apple TV. Uh, And so if you have an Apple TV, you can connect with our app. All of our studies have been archived for the last 19 years. And you can listen to that. You can catch up on different things. We've got uh, frequently asked questions, some apologetics papers, a lot of resources, a lot of Bible studies, of course, information on our church. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can text me as the show begins, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And if we need to fill time with while we're waiting for phone calls, we always go to our text. But please don't be discouraged if we don't get back to all of your texts uh, because we aren't always able, especially on a Wednesday where I got to head off to teach and be ready to serve the flock. But at any rate, give me a call, 303-690-3000. It's good to to be on the air with you, um, knowing that God uses this program in a wonderful way. Uh, We get feedback all the time about God using this call-in show to answer questions, to provide encouragement, to pray, to get our eyes back on the Lord. And I was just thinking of this scripture. Uh, We are studying the book of Hebrews right now, uh, but 
we're not it's going to take us a long time to get to this passage in Hebrews 12 but <clears throat> I really am encouraged by it I want to share it with you uh, it could just be the word that God had for you today it says therefore we also since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed against striving, striving against sin. And from time to time, you know, I need to be reminded that in a perfect life, in a perfect life, without any mistakes, the reward for Jesus' perfect life was horrific torture and death, murder. They murdered him. And sometimes we think that if we just didn't make the mistakes that we made, or if we just did things better, or you know, some some improvement, that you know, we wouldn't be treated poorly, we wouldn't be uh, mocked, we wouldn't be made fun of, we'd avoid some uh, tribulation or persecution. But the reward for perfect ministry and perfect life was murder. And and here. Uh, Paul, I believe, is the author of Hebrews, says, you know what? Consider him. Keep him at the forefront. Stare him down um, from hostility, you know, when you're facing such hostility so that you're not weary and discouraged in your souls because you're you're still striving. You're not dead yet, and you're still striving. So, so continue to abide in Christ, putting on a good fight in the power of the Holy Spirit. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're going to go to the phone lines. They're full already. Willie is calling from Aurora, Colorado. Willie, welcome to the program. How are you doing, Pastor Ed Taylor? I'm doing great, man. What's up? So um, I have a two-part. Um, I'm, I need a prayer request, and I um, also have a question about, uh, so I'm in the middle of uh, doing a discipleship, and um, I was talking to um, the guy I'm doing my discipleship with, and he was telling me about um, God turning people over to the devil when they lose their way can you elaborate on that and like and like i don't really understand like why god would turn us over to the devil that's a great question um it comes to us from the book of first corinthians uh in chapter five where we have a situation in the church of a believer of a believing young man who is living in repetitive unconfessed unrepentant sexual sin. He's, and this is what the Bible says. It is actually uh, reported. Let me get let me get uh, the New King James. I like better. So in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, it actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you and that such sexual immorality is not even named among the Gentiles, that a man has his father's wife. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For indeed, as absent in body, but present in spirit, 
have already judged as though I were present with him who had done this deed. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you're gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of his flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is something that we often refer to as church discipline. Uh, have you ever heard that phrase, church discipline? No, this is the first time I've heard of church discipline. So church discipline is something that the Bible teaches on how to handle men and women that say they're believers, but live repetitively and unrepentantly in open, rebellious sin. And it doesn't have to be sexual immorality. It could be anything. It could be living in open rebellion of lies, uh, accusations. It could be anything. And drug so we're, we're not... Continuous drug use. Pardon me? I said um, it also includes continuous drug use, um, pornography, um, being a drunkard. Yeah, it could be any, of the, any sin that once it comes to light, that when... A, pers- a believer is confronted with the reality that they are living in, re- in, un- in sin, if they repent, then fantastic. They're welcome back into fellowship. We work with them because, you know, life is filled with struggles. And this isn't speaking of a struggle. This isn't speaking of the weakness of our flesh. This is speaking of open, rebellious... Yeah, exactly. Open, rebellious sin. And... And so the idea to turn them over to Satan is that they, if, they, if they don't respond to the constant exhortations and they don't show fruits of repentance, then they're no longer allowed to enjoy the fellowship of the church. They're to be put out of the church. So why? So, and that's described as being turning over one to Satan. What's the purpose? So that their flesh is destroyed. Um, there is a spiritual aspect to church discipline that unfortunately most churches don't practice this today. They don't practice church discipline. They just turn a, uh, you know, turn a blind eye to it. Oh, we'll be loving and we'll be gracious. And, and we'll, we, instead of saying, no, you're in sin, uh, you, you need to repent. And, and, and if you choose not to repent, you cannot be in open worship and fellowship in the church until you do. Okay, I understand. So that's... First Corinthians so, chapter five. The good news so is, my, so my job as a uh, as a Christian is if I see fellow Christians who are um, being rebellious and continuous continuing in their sin, and I don't know if they're going to repent or not, but is it my job to call them up on that? It, it is. It is our responsibility that if a brother has sinned against us, that we're to go to him, him and he and us alone, so and and share with them the sin that they've committed. And if in the Bible, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 18, if your brother hears you, you've won your brother. But this too has been something that's been avoided among many believers, where they just simply won't. Most of the time it's because they're not living a life that pleases God, so that they, they, they'd rather cover up their own issues and not. And, and this, this time of talking to a brother is, is in love. It's not like you're some judgmental finger pointing. You're going to be a sin sniffer around the church. And you're going to find every issue and every that this is over the top sin, and this is interrelational. Where you have a responsibility to tell someone the truth when you have the ability to do so. And um, if you, if the Lord turns you over to the devil for, for your flesh to be destroyed, are you able? Are you able to 
be welcome back into the kingdom? Absolutely. The good news is this. Well, I think that, first of all, a believer is already going to be in the kingdom, and so this is intended to help them. This is intended to help them be a place where they don't hurt fellow believers and they don't hurt themselves and they don't lose rewards. And so the, the church discipline only occurs with the purpose of winning a brother. It only occurs with the purpose of seeing them repent and enjoy fellowship again among the believers. That's the whole intent. And the good news about 1 Corinthians 5 is in that 2 Corinthians we learn that church discipline worked, this brother repented, and he was welcomed back into fellowship. Okay. Thank you, Pastor and Taylor. You're I welcome. appreciate your comments, and I appreciate your knowledge. Um, um, the second part, I was just asking for a prayer request very quickly. You know, um, I'm a new believer. I, I, I was born again um, last year around this time. God found me in a really dark place, and um, over the last year, I've been gradually changing my life step at a time. Um, devoting my life to God. Um, but um, from the darkness, I was battling drug addiction and alcohol addiction and also addictions to pretty much anything of the world. So um, sure. I've been staying strong and I've been staying sober, you know, but um, it's due to constant prayer and, you know, and constant, constantly being in, in the Word. That's the only thing that helps. But um, I just want to pray, see if the Church will pray for me just to continue to stay strong and to continue with my walk of faith. Christ. Well, I want to say that the power of God in you is is sufficient to help you stay away from all addiction. I, I know it doesn't feel that way sometimes, uh, but the truth is always bigger than our feelings, you know. And um, and and I I know that God is faithful. And and I I was thinking today, uh, thinking back that I was saved in 1991, so that I've been sober. Uh, clean and sober for 27 years by the power of God. And, Amen. Hallelujah. And I'm grateful that I can sit before you, I could be on the radio with you and say, hey, you don't need to drink. Uh, it's not good for you. Uh, uh, it's not going to help you along the road. And I'm a living testimony that sobriety is possible. I'm a living testimony that the power of God is sufficient, that it's not my own strength, it's not my own wisdom, it's not me saying, I won't drink, but rather it's me surrendering my life to Jesus Christ and allowing Him to live His life through me. And so you're well on the way, my brother. Thank you. So, and, God, uh, Also, I, my mom, she passed away last year, November 3rd, shortly mm-hmm. after the Lord came and found me. And I'm still, I haven't really talked to anyone about it, you know, I'm still grieving inside, you know, so... Yes. I just need prayer for comfort from Christ and just the strength of the strength of the Word and just to remain in in my Word in my studies because um, at okay. times I feel um, spiritually weak and spiritually tired and spiritually lazy. So I just want that fire to just get um, united inside of me even more than it already has. Well, you know, it, it's not going to get any hotter than it already is because you have all the power of God in you. You have all the strength of God in you. And and be careful, because even when you don't read your Bible, God is with you. And even if you don't pray, God is with you. You know, not only, are you, not only are you saved by grace, but you also live by grace. Like, the grace of God is sustaining you day by day, moment by moment. Reading the Bible is like, you know, I, I want it to become like breathing in my life. Uh, I want it to be so natural. Um, I, I know that I'm stronger when I read the Bible, but I also know that God's grace is no greater when I read the Bible. 
um, and when I pray and when I'm around believers. And so be careful that that you don't set yourself up for big failure because the Bible says that God's grace is sufficient for you, that you have all that you need already. And and as you as you um, as you seek, you know, for example, in Second Corinthians chapter nine, it says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. And so God is in you, brother, and yield to him and live by faith. And Bible study, you know, and reading and prayer will not be a drudgery. You'll just be digging it all the time. And even when you don't, the Lord will be there with you to empower you. So let me pray for you, okay? Thank you. Father, I pray for my brother Willie as you uh, minister to him through all these things that are all hitting at the same time. You know, his deliverance from all the addictions in his life, um, the loss of his mom, and and how hard that is, the grief that he's experiencing, and, and just all the feelings that surround his life. And Lord, that you would continue to keep him strong and teach him about your grace. And thank you for this brother that would be discipling him. That's the true church. And that, that he would pour into my brother Willie the truth, just loving on him and encouraging him in the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor hey, um, Taylor. What side of town are you on? Hey, what side of town are you on? I actually um, I started attending Calvary Chapel um, about a month ago. My home church is in Strasburg, but um, okay. I attend you guys on Wednesdays and Saturday nights, and also okay. um, two weeks ago I started attending your... Uh, Good, most excellent way. Good, good. So I just want to let. Was my first meeting or my second meeting with them, and it was just very enlightening, very enlightening, and very supportive and comforting for me, knowing that as my walk with Christ, I'm not the only Christian enduring these these situations and and trying to recover, and you know, and like you know, it just helped the guilt and some of those things just kind of roll off of me, you know, knowing that I'm not alone and. And just because, you know, my past doesn't mean that God doesn't love me still, you know. And That's he can right. work with me, and he can still use me um, in his kingdom, you know. So, so well, I've let me remind you. Your, your, your church is a, is, is, a, is a very big tool for me in my walk. Well, I'm very grateful for that. And I just wanted to remind you, since you're a part of our fellowship, that we're starting those grief share classes, too. And... We have one on Tuesday night. We also have one on Saturday. They're both the same. And that may be something that you can begin to add to your life just to get through some of the painful parts of grief that, that you probably don't even know you're going through. Yeah, and that, I can feel it, you know, every now and It comes up, and, you know, I just kind of, like, suppress it because things in my life are just moving fast, you know? And I didn't want to yes. feel, like, unsensitive to my mom's death, you know, that I cried, you know, but I never really processed it you know it's still still very i'm very hurt still i know you're going to be hurt until heaven bro that's just the way it is but god will strengthen you and he'll help you through the pain and and the bible says that he's a god of mercy and he's a god of comfort so thanks for calling willie thank you have a good night bye-bye 303-690-3000 303-690-3000 let's move over to line number two is caleb in lakewood colorado caleb welcome to the program yes thank you um you're welcome so i've got a question on uh the difference between 
denominations and cults? Uh, how do you tell okay. the difference? And where do uh, groups like Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses fall into the spectrum? Well, that's a that's a great question. People have devoted their whole lives to answering that, even writing books on it. But let's summarize really what a cult is. A cult teaches a lie, and they teach the lie as if it was truth. And so a cult is an offshoot of a truthful group that has adopted an aberrant teaching or what might be called a heretical teaching, and they pass it off as truth. So a Christian cult, by definition, would be a group of people that are teaching falsely about who Jesus Christ is. That's the most important part of anyone's teachings, is who is Jesus Christ? Because if you have Jesus wrong, you're going to have everything else wrong. Um, there's nothing you'll get right if you uh, have Jesus wrong. It's, it's, like, it's like how many drops of poison would you put into a cup of water? Even the most smallest drop of poison will ruin the water. And the smallest drop of poison of having a false teaching about who Jesus Christ is, is, is poisoning the water. And so a Christian cult would be, a, they have all kinds of teachings, no doubt, but where they get it wrong primarily is their teachings about who Jesus Christ is. Okay. And so then, you know, I've got a lot of friends who are, are Mormons and, and JWs, and you know, I haven't really ever talked theology with them. So, yeah, I, I can't speak from any firsthand experience, but... Yeah, from your standpoint and your experience and understanding, can you help guide me on uh, those interactions? I can, yeah. So by that definition, that simple definition, that would place both the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons into the category of a cult. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of different definitions of cult. There's controlling cults. There are cults that, that um, manipulate and and, and a combination of all. Like, for example, with the Jehovah Witnesses, not only do they teach Jesus wrong, uh, asserting that Jesus is the—let me see if I remember the Jehovah Witness teaching, because the, the Mormons assert that Jesus is the spirit brother of Lucifer, and the Je Jehovah Witnesses assert that Jesus was a created being, and that he previously was Michael the Archangel. Uh, both are com completely wrong. So even between the cults, they disagree with who Jesus is. They disagree with one another, and they also disagree with the clear teachings of Scripture. And so to better equip you <clears throat> in learning how to talk, because they use the same language. They use So when you're talking to um, uh, someone about Mormonism, and even recently the Mormon church has made a big push to no longer use the word Mormon, uh, because of its negative connotations, and they just want to be known as the Church or the Church of Latter-day Saints, because they know that their teachings are abhorrent, uh, and they know that they don't—they aren't teaching the right Jesus Christ. They know that, um, and and part of their control of that movement is is they're not allowed to study other things, uh, they're not allowed to read other things, they're not allowed to—I mean, they probably do quietly. Like for example, I know many Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses listen to Grace FM. And that's why I want to be gentle with this answer, but I also want to be truthful because, you know, so many times they'll just, they've been taught just to put up a defense. 
they've been taught to just, um, you know, <clears throat> they've been taught to just resist any kind of, of, of neg, you know, any kind of what they perceive as negative talk about their religion, um, because they really aren't provided a good answer for what the Bible teaches. And so there's a couple of resources I would encourage you to pick up that will better help you understand both uh, the backgrounds of many of your friends. Uh, and they're by the same author, and they're almost the same title. Uh, the title is Reasoning from the Scriptures with Jehovah Witnesses. And the other one, of course, is Reasoning from the Scriptures with Mormons. Uh, and that's by a man by the name of Ron Rhodes. Oh, yeah, it's R-H-O-D-E-S. And, you know, it's going to be good. It, it, they'll be very helpful of giving you a, a, an elementary understanding. They don't go into depth, but rather they're intended to t teach and train you how to dialogue with your friends, how to help uh, give forth the truth in a non-offensive way, asking open-ended questions and really causing the person listening to you to really dig for the answers. Okay. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. I've been wandering in a, a land of, of business relations and, and interpersonal uh, exchanges and whatnot with uh, lots of, of, of groups of these people and uh, walking quietly as a Christian and, and not really knowing how to, or if I should challenge them uh, in, in the realm of faith. So, thank you. Well, I, I do know this. Uh, for the most part, both of the groups that you described are very well trained to confuse you. And uh, I would say, particularly the Jehovah Witnesses, are extremely well trained to take things out of context and not to stay within the context of the text. And so what that would sound like is, hey, don't you know this scripture says that Jesus is Lord, uh, Jesus is God? Uh, no, but you don't understand. Back in Proverbs, it says this, and over here on this, over here, and we go, wait, 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 wait a minute. Let's not go anywhere else. Let's just look at this one verse. The, the Pharisees of the day understood clearly what Jesus was saying. Well, how do you know that? Because they wanted to kill him because they believed he was blaspheming. So when people were listening to Jesus, they understood what he said. Well, you don't understand. You weren't, the, you know, they're they're very good at that. They have a very specific script that they follow. And, and so this, these resources will help you kind of absorb the truths of the Scripture, enabling you to better engage with people in love. Because our desire is not to argue. It's not to look down on anyone. It's simply to dwell in truth. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. 303-690-3000 is the number. We're coming up already. It's hard to believe that uh, we're up on the uh, end of the first half of the program. So we'll just wait uh, to take uh, Bianca on the other side, uh, as well as Rachel. We'll pick you up on the other side. I want to invite you guys out to Calvary Chapel in Aurora tonight. We're studying the book of Second Kings and you know anyone that's ever read through Second Kings or Chronicles knows you can get easily muddied up in the history uh, and the time frame. And is this a king of Judah? Is this a king of Israel? Why the divided kingdom? But we've been going through verse by verse. It's a fascinating study filled with great insights, especially when you bring things into a new covenant understanding. 
and you see how God's dealings with people in the past leads to his dealings today. So we have service tonight at 7 o'clock. Come on out. Doors open around 6 or so, uh, and uh, we'll be gathered together for worship and prayer. We've got the Ireland mission team update tonight. We got a special video directly from Ireland that was done today. And uh, we'll be praying together for Ireland because that's our focus. And then we'll be in Bible study. So we would love to have you come out. Calvary Aurora is on Hampton and Tower. Basically, Hampton, one block east of Tower, right next to the Safeway. Seven o'clock, plenty of room. Join us. We'd love to worship with you. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back to today's edition of Calvary Live. It's the second half. I can't believe how fast this show goes by. Uh, I know it always does, but it surprises me each and every time. My name is Ed Taylor. I have the privilege of pastoring in Aurora, Colorado, uh, at a church known as Calvary. And I moved out here in 1999 with my family of five, just open to being used of the Lord in planting a church. And so uh, we connected with a group of about 30 people that were already meeting and God allowed me to uh, to lead that group of people. Uh, and we had our first Sunday morning service on December 26th, 1999, and have been gathering together as a church family ever since. And that's really all a church is, right? Gathering together for prayer, for worship, for communion, and studying God's Word, Acts 2.42. That's, that's all a church is. It's not the lights, it's not the screens, it's not the haze or the fog, it's not the worship team or the instruments or the electronics or any of that. It is simply a group of people gathering together. You can gather together in a home, in a park, you can gather together in a building, in a, uh, a school, a storefront, it doesn't matter. As you gather together in the Lord Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together, I'm there in the midst of them. And so we at Calvary have been gathered together uh, for for some um, 19 years, and it's been a tremendous privilege of serving. It's been a tremendous privilege to be pastor, um, certainly filled with his ups and downs. Uh, can I just encourage you, please, to pray for pastors? Um, I- I'm not saying this for myself as much as I'm saying it for the men that serve with me, uh, for the many men around the city, uh, that pastors, it doesn't matter what denomination you're a part of, uh, it doesn't matter really um, what uh, whether you're an independent or most pastors share many, many things in common. And can, can I just share with you, I already have permission to do this, uh, and I'm going <laughs> to asking you, but we're going to do it anyway. But I have permission from the brother. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but uh, I have permission to share this. This is from a pastor. I actually received back-to-back text. So I'll, I'll, I'll read this text. Um, that has been edited. Uh, we did, and I have his approval on the edited version, so we protect his um, identity. And and then another brother, back to back, within 20 minutes of each other. And here's the, here's the text. And this is why I'm asking you to pray for pastors around the world, around the country, missionaries, pastors, everyone. And I quote, 
I was at a conference recently, and I loved the teaching. However, I'm in a different life situation than the pastors that taught, and many of the other pastors that I know. I don't fit any of their experiences. It seems like I never will. It seems like the church world is filled with simp- with mega church ministry people, staff, budgets, events, big personalities, and giftings so beyond me. I'm 52 years old with four kids under 16. I don't have a full-time church ministry, nor the youth left to grow it. My peers are either at the top of their game or getting ready to pass the ministry on to their Timothy. They have years of history, and I'm just starting, and will take years to raise up leaders and ministry partners. Simply stated, I have a hybrid home group-sized church, and it's a different future than the conference speakers experience. Every conference, I leave feeling alone, and I underline that. Yes, youthful guys are in my position, but not many guys in their 50s. And so I actually ended up having about, a, I don't know, 30, 45 minute phone conversation with this brother and just talking through the things that he's feeling, uh, just really difficult to raise up people and difficult that once you do raise someone up, they stab you in the back or lie about you. And, uh, and um, you know, pastors just go through that, like people that want to talk about you, want to lie about you behind your back, that, that want to take advantage of you. And, and it's just something common to pastors. And, and may it, may it not, I mean, just pray for your pastor. I don't know what he's going through. Uh, I don't know what he's facing, but I know it's not easy. And I know he shows up every week smiling. Uh, I know he shows up every week with a Bible study. Uh, I know he and, um, has raises his family and loves the Lord and does so at great sacrifice. And, and I just would ask you to pray for him. And then, and then within, I don't know, not even five minutes, uh, or so, I don't have the exact time, I received another text from a pastor uh, that said, and let me find it here, uh, he says, um, uh, I'm, I'm struggling to let God do his job. I checked our deposit for Sunday's tithes, and it was, and it was a super small number. Uh, it's not even enough to pay rent that day. Not even enough to pay rent that day. Never mind everything else. And so I know God is going to complete his work. I know his promises. Please pray that God will give me faith and that I, even though I don't see it. And, you know, and he asked, you know, is it good to take some time off? And I said, of course, yes, take some time off. And, and then his answer is, I'm tired, pastor, and it's really hard here. You know, some people, when they hear a pastor say that they're tired, they automatically get all into judgment mode and say, well, you know, if you served in the Spirit and if you were a man of grace, you wouldn't be tired. But that's just not the case. Um, the Bible speaks to the Thessalonians that it was uh, that ministry is a labor of love. And so that word labor is literally to the point of exhaustion. It's hard work. You get tired mowing the lawn, you get tired washing the car, you get tired sitting in a computer screen, digging ditches, driving a UPS truck, and you get tired in the ministry. Uh, you get tired. It's not a sin to be tired. It's, it's not, doesn't mean you don't believe in the grace of God. It doesn't mean that, that you are necessarily wrong with God. Uh, it means you're tired. And, and it, it, 
that's another thing that frustrates me to no end to hear these guys. Well, you know, if you were just serving in the grace of God, you wouldn't get tired. I mean, the champion of grace where we get most of our most of our teaching on the topic of grace in the Bible, Paul was tired. Jesus Christ was grace walking in human flesh, and he was tired, of course. And so would you please just pray for your pastor? Um, be careful not to be, you know, judgmental of him and finger pointing, but, but just pray for him um, and uh, encourage them. Encourage them in the Lord, that, that the Lord would um, just, in, just be used in a, in a great way uh, and pray for him. So let's do that right now. Lord, we, we do pray for the men and called into pastoral ministry and their families. We pray for the tired and the lonely and those that feel isolated, serving. You know, I, I met so many in Austria, uh, in, the, in Italy, serving on the mission field, feeling alone, even sharing that this weekend, Lord, whether it's a perception or it's a feeling, it has the same effect. A loneliness is difficult. And so I, I pray, God, that, that you would encourage our pastors, that they would be strong in the Lord, in the power of your might, um, and that, you know, I, I'm thankful for the men and women that serve alongside of me. I know they get tired at times. Right now, I know they're very sick, uh, some of them, many of them, and I just pray you'd heal them physically. Um, I just know that's one of those additions to spiritual warfare, even my brother that has threw his back out or... Um, so many that, you know, my sister that has um, respiratory issues and just sick, general sicknesses. My brother that's at home, you know, resting and couldn't take care of some meetings today so he could take care of his body. And, and on and on the list goes, God. It's, it's a difficult calling, but one that you have created and you have developed. So pr- protect us, God, from taking on things that we shouldn't be doing uh, or placing burdens on each other or on ourselves. And that, God, your gospel will go unhindered to our community. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Bianca has some personal things she wants to pray for. So, hey, Bianca, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. Hi. You're on the air. I have a prayer request for... I'm not going to mention exactly what it is because of how personal it is, but but I just need some prayer for some areas in my life that I've really been struggling in. I've actually had to put things off lately just because of this struggle. And although I don't like doing that, it's just something I have to do. So just, I just need prayer for strength and just for whatever else the Lord may reveal. Okay. Can I pray for you right now? Yeah. Father, I pray for my sister Bianca, and um, you know her more than anyone does. Uh, you know her better than herself, and you know the burdens that she carries, and and even the struggles of her everyday life with her blindness 
and the challenges that that poses physically and the challenges she has emotionally and the challenges that she has spiritually and the challenges that maybe she even has mentally just in her mind and her thinking. God, would you encourage her and would you relieve the burden, God, with, that she might live in a, in a way surrendered to you? Uh, that even though she has to put some things on hold, that you would encourage her, God. And I was just meditating on today, you know, um, how David learned how to encourage himself in you, Lord. Would you teach us better how to encourage ourselves in you, that we might be built up, and, um, and especially my sister, God. Build her up for the purposes of using her in the kingdom, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just want to pray really quickly for the missionaries out there, because I know it's not just the pastors that feel alone, but but I just want to pray for the missionaries, too, and, and really anyone else who serves in any capacity that just feels alone in what they're doing. And yeah, did you want so, to do that? And so I'll start, and you can finish. Father, I'm going to let you do it all. Okay. Father, I just want to pray for all of the missionaries that are out serving in other countries, Lord, and for all the leaders and pastors and all the other churches as well, Lord, because... I'm sure they must be feeling tired, Lord. If not some, maybe all of them, even if not all of them say that they're tired, Lord. So I just pray that you just give them the strength to continue the ministry that you have called them to do, Lord, and if any missionary or pastor needs any help with anything, Lord, I just pray that you just send them helping hands, Lord, to to just come alongside them, Lord, and and if and if there's maybe someone they're serving with that maybe you placed on their heart to help them, Lord. I just pray that you reveal to them that that specific person needs help, Lord. And so I just lift this up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Bianca. You're always an encouragement. All right. Bye. All right. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000. Here's a text that came in real quick. Uh, I think that I may just devote a show to this soon enough. Um, But uh, a text came in, I want to go to that pastor's church. And another text that came in, uh, I'm a young pastor in Denver and feel the same way. He is not alone. So let me just offer to you, uh, young pastor in Denver and any other pastor that needs to be encouraged or wants to talk to someone, call me. 303-628-7200. 303-628-7200. Uh, ask to speak with Cassandra. Uh, she handles my phone calls. 
And I would love to talk with you. I'd love to pray with you. Uh, I'd love to encourage you. I'd love to point you in the right direction to give you tools of how to serve and and um, just just so you know you're not alone. And and so you listening in, and you I know you don't have to be in Denver. You can be anywhere this show is. And uh, and um, you know. I'll answer. I'll, I won't answer the phone because I'm probably not in the office, but I'll return your call. <laughs> so um, I'd love to encourage you. And, and I know that a little bit of encouragement can go a long way. And I was just, here's another text that came in uh, that uh, reminded us of that pastor in, in Chino Hills, California, that committed suicide a couple weeks ago. He was just a kid. He was just a kid and, and a young family, wife and three kids. And and um, they haven't really released anything of why, but I know when I was looking at various entries in the in Googling him and and looking at various uh, entries on his church, his dad died suddenly. Uh, well, not so much suddenly, but young, uh, in his fifties of of cancer, and and my heart just felt like, man, that's probably one. To, grief will get you down um, to a deep dark pit. Um, you know, if you get down to that deep, dark pit, you'll probably see some of the markings that I left there because I've been there. Uh, didn't want to go there. Don't want to go there. And and I think I want to dedicate a show. I probably won't do it today, uh, but I'll dedicate a show here in the new future just to you pastors because we love you and we appreciate you uh, and we're grateful for you. You're doing a good work, even if you don't see it. Um, you you got to remember, you know, when Jesus, uh, excuse me, when Paul was was um, discipling young Timothy, uh, he reminded him um, that <clears throat> uh, in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, he described the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops. And, and uh, that's a good truth, but, but it also reminds us of the essence of ministry being com- or pastoral ministry, leadership and service in a church. It's not, I mean, the, I think the broad part of this is to anyone that serves, um, but but primarily to the pastor and to the lay leaders and the assistant pastors, on and on, you know, working full-time, serving church full-time, not a lot of help, a lot of difficulties. Uh, the hardworking farmer must be first to partake of the crops, and, and we have to remember what a farmer does. He, he has to till the land. He has to prepare it. He has to weed it. He has to get it ready, and he sows seed, and then he waits, uh, and then he keeps going, and he keeps weeding, keeps nurturing that crop. A crop doesn't come up right away. And then once you get a crop, you know, like this year uh, in our church, we have a great brother, his name is Bruce, um, who, along with other organizations and his company, they, they have an acre and a half of corn that's been donated. You know, the acre's donated, the corn's donated by his company, and then you go out and pick it. And one of the things I noticed in the emails this year was that they were very grateful that the hailstorm didn't destroy the crop. And I mean, it's such a picture of pastoral ministry where you you're sometimes you feel like you're um, you know preparing uh, concrete uh, you know and trying to get it ready to, to to plant seeds and then you're nurturing it and going along and then before you know it a, a storm comes and destroys the crop and you never feel like you're making any progress uh, the new church in town uh, the new satellite church in town has all the resources and all the looks and all the things and there you are. You know, with your little overhead projector and and one person on a guitar, and you're starting to think like you don't matter. Listen, you matter. It, it doesn't matter what the stage looks like, and it doesn't matter how many people are on it. 
you matter, the people serving with you matter, and and the simplicity of the ministry, no matter what tools you use, your heart with the Lord, your relationship with Jesus, you matter. Just listen, listen, you matter. And if you're at a crisis point, if you're suicidal pastor, uh, please, please, please tell somebody. Don't try to go it alone. And I know pastors, when when they go through troubles, they don't have many people to tell within their church because what happens is that at times people in the church will just lay a heavier burden. Uh, oh, I thought you were a pastor. You're not supposed to go through anything. I thought you had a perfect life. And and we forget. Um, not 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 everyone has a gracious church. And even in our gracious church here at Calvary, I've just been so blessed over the years to be surrounded by many gracious people. But I'll tell you what, there's been some ungracious people, some really mean-spirited people come through our church. Uh, and, you know, it's not many, but enough to where you get a few and it can cloud you from all the good that God's doing. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll dedicate a show to that. That's my heart. But um, I want you guys to pray for your pastors. That's basically what I'm asking you. Would you please pray for your pastors? Pray for the leaders in your church. All right, we're going to go to, where are we here? Next line, Rachel. Uh, is up next on line one. Rachel, welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. I just had a question about giving to the poor. So we know that Jesus gave um, his time and he performed miracles for them and he cared and he loved them. Um, I just had a question about, like, when it comes here in America, this day and age, like, if I see a person begging on the street, um, is it wrong to hand the money or, um, what's like the right thing to do in that situation? Because, um, I mean, no one wants to hand their money to a, a poor person and then them go buy something that's just bad for them in the end. Well, what we should do is we should be open and generous before the Lord and, and be open to give to that person that's asking uh, and be open to, it, it could be money, it could be a snack, it could take them, you know, if it's safe, of course, you could take them to get a meal, uh, you could have drinks in your car. Um, I know that sometimes, I, so so the answer to your question is we should give when prompted by the Holy Spirit, and we shouldn't allow the risk of them using that money in a sinful way make us less generous. And I right. think as you're praying... And, you know, because we see them all the time and, and it's just easy to just blow them off. Um, and it's just easy. And I don't even mean that sinfully. I just mean move on because they're probably drunk or we, we have all mm-hmm. these thoughts in our minds. They're just taking advantage of us. And they could very well be. Um, but but in reality, anytime, you know, remember Jesus said, even if you give a cup of cold water to someone in prison, you're doing it in my name. And if I'm doing something in his name, then, then I, I just want to trust God's going to sort it out while I protect my generous heart, you know, and I don't, I, you know, I, I found, I don't know how you feel, but I found in my own life that I can be more generous, not less. <laughs> I mean, I just, mm-hmm. I, I get to these seasons where I find I'm really generous. And then I get to these seasons where, no, I don't really, I'm not really feeling it today. And, and I, I, I just need more generosity in my heart. I, I want to be, I, I love actually one of my you know, there's these uh, love languages. One of the things I love to do is to give. I just love giving. I love blessing someone. That's just one of the ways that I demonstrate 
uh, my appreciation and my love for someone, whether it's a card, a note, a text, a gift card. And, and so if you have creative stuff in your car, it doesn't always have to be money. It could be a gift card. Um, you know, if you gave him a $5 gift card at uh, McDonald's, he can't use it any other way. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so if you creatively set yourself up for generosity, and who knows if it's the same person at the same street corner because they live right next to you, who knows, maybe it's a long red light a couple times and you start to develop a relationship with them or an opportunity to ultimately just share the gospel with them uh, and to minister the gospel to them. Um, so I... um. I want to be more generous, not less. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that helps. Thank you for your that. You, thanks for waiting. That's a great question because I think we wrestle with it a lot. We can, we can just become hard-hearted because people do rip us off. People do take advantage of us. You know, sometimes yeah. they might go buy alcohol. But, you know, here's the deal. You didn't give him money or her money to buy alcohol. You gave them money because the Lord prompted you to do that. And and so once we give to someone, we just don't let the right hand know what the left hand is doing. We don't make a big deal about it. We just trust, Lord, here's this dollar, here's these $5. But then again, you can set it up so you just get a few gift cards and you know, you get some water, you get some sandwiches, you get some snacks and and you just are open to however God would want, whatever God would want you. I know there's a sister in our church who put packet who put packets together. There was a blanket in there. There was um we tried to get this going in our church and it just never got any traction. But she does it and she puts these bags together with blankets and and toothbrushes and that's what she gives to people in the name of Jesus. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. I remember I've been listening to your um like the spiritual gifts and your giving um teaching. Yes. Um and that yes. one I remember you saying that uh Giving shouldn't be impulsive or anything like that. It has to come from the Lord. Yes. Um, okay. Awesome. And, and so that Thank means, you. you know, and, and that would say, so here's, so that's a good way to con- give context to the question. That means if you sense that you're not supposed to give to that person on the corner, it's okay. Okay. It's, you don't have to feel guilty or pressured like, you know, if you have a hard heart and you're just like, oh, well, you know, that's between you and the Lord. But, but you don't have to give because you've been manipulated or guilted into it either. The Lord will lead you and speak to your heart and, and really give mm-hmm. you the freedom to say yes or no. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks. All right, we should be coming up pretty close to the end of today's program. So let me see. Uh, um, let's see. Let's go ahead and take Bill from New Jersey. Uh, Bill, we only got a minute left, so I think you have a prayer request. Yeah, it's um, one is that my wife would be saved. Another one is that um, that restore a relationship between her, her and her son. The the father, you know, wanted to try it. Was very controlling. Wanted to pretty much controller and he she wouldn't marry him because he you know he was very abusive and things like that so he made it a 25-year campaign to turn the son against her and you know he goes all out with it he just can't get over the fact that she wouldn't marry him and it's just okay well let's pray let's pray man because the show's almost over so father i do pray for this need in new jersey today that god you would um, bring about this um through this whole circumstance the salvation of this woman 
uh, that God, you would use these circumstances to bring her to a place of surrender to you, but also this relationship with her son would be healed, and you know, it's a messy situation. Sin always makes messes, always makes things harder, and so I just pray, God, that in the difficulty, in the hardship, I pray for this marriage, I pray for this woman's salvation, and for relationships to be restored, and reconciliation to be made known and seen and experienced in Bill's family. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, thank you. Thank you, Bill. All right, we're up to the end of the program today. I'm so grateful that you've joined us. Again, we have service tonight. You can join us here physically or online. You guys listening to Grace FM, our broad, our services are broadcast live on the radio as well as live on the internet. And you can always come to our building and be in fellowship with us and be a part of our fellowship family. We meet at 7 o'clock in just a couple hours, studying through the book of 2 Kings, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, working our way through the Bible uh, with relevancy uh, and an action that comes from, yes, we're studying books of the Old Covenant, but tying it all together in the newness of life that's found in Jesus Christ. It's beautiful. I love the Bible. I love being a pastor, and I love serving our fellowship family. As hard as it can be sometimes, and as challenging, every pastor goes through something. Pray for your pastors, and uh, pray for me as I prepare a show on this. Uh, It's going to come soon. God bless you guys. See you at 7 o'clock. CalvaryAurora.org. been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.